0: This This is is the first first episode episode of Talks Talks with Deems. Hi guys and welcome to the first episode of Talks with Deems. Like I said in the introduction, this episode is going to be about Sudan. I will admit that this episode will be a bit different to what I've planned. It seems like a bit more of a history lesson, but it's very important and we're going to start this one off strong. So, for those who don't know, Sudan is a Muslim country in northeast Africa, home to 46 million people, myself included. What I'm going to speak about in this episode are the horrors that Sudan has gone through, the struggles that the people of Sudan have lived. But first, I'm going to speak about the resources within Sudan and the game that other parties are playing in competition for Sudan's resources. Now, it's no doubt that Sudan is rich in resources, and every Western man with a colonizer mindset is aware of that. The US government is definitely aware of that. With the most important resource being oil, then gold, gum arabic, sesame, uranium, whatever it is, you name it, Sudan has got it. Sudan is the third largest producer of gold in the whole of Africa. And I know a lot of you already know this, but I do have to mention it so that we could understand the conflicts within Sudan. Now, the internet and the media will tell you that most of Sudan's resources are unexploited. But I personally do not believe that and you shouldn't either because most are exploited and the rest are well on their way to be exploited by the West, Middle Eastern countries, and just anyone who's greedy for money and resources. Now take this into account when I talk about the civil war that's currently taking place there because a war is never simply a war between two parties. Take into account the West playing the war, Middle Eastern countries playing the war, the exploitation of resources and most importantly the African leaders selling out their people for our white man's validation and money. Which I'll speak more about in the episode about Pan-Africanism. Now even though Sudan is rich in resources, Sudan is also rich with love. Sudan is not just a country that's going through it, Sudan is not just a country that's got a war right now, it's got this or got that. Sudan's a country that's rich with love, country that's rich with traditions and culture like the love that the people have for their country is truly unmatched. because that's not just a country sudan is home and i have to make this clear before i go on talking about what's going on though with all that being said let's talk about what's currently happening in sudan in simple terms realistically nobody can ever explain the civil war going on right now without going back to december 2018 when the protests first started So why were the people protesting? The people of Sudan were protesting due to the rising costs of living and deterioration of economic conditions at all levels of society. Everyone was being affected. There was a lack of petrol, there was a lack of bread, whatever it is, you name it, there was a lack of it. The people protested against Umar bashir the president who ruled for 30 years. Not one, not two, not three, 30 years. Imagine 30 years as a president, there were no elections, there were no nothing, he was just president. So, although these issues didn't heavily affect the capital of Sudan to the point where people had to start protesting until 2018, it affected a region within Sudan called, therefore, from the very beginning of Umar Bashir's reign. People there are being killed daily, tortured, sexually assaulted. There's a genocide going on there right now. Unfortunately, I'm not going to speak too much on that in this episode because if we're being honest, it deserves its own episode. On April 11th, 2019, the former president was overthrown. He was overthrown by the RSF, which stands for the Rapid Support Forces, with the leader of the RSF being Hamiti and then the Army, also known as the SAF, with the leader being Burhan. Now these two, with the help of other parties within the government, worked together to overthrow the former president and then formed a provisional government. Now this day, when Umar Bashir was overthrown, was one of the happiest days for the people of Sudan. The people thought that they had democracy now, but the people were wrong. The people were wrong because they didn't realize that they replaced an evil with a greater evil. Because the militia should never be in the government, especially those who lack common sense and those who lack the necessary skills to run a country. So when the people of Sudan realized that the demands were not met, the protests continued. Now, these protests went on for years, and contrary to what the media might want you to believe to justify what happens next, these protests were the most peaceful protests until June 3rd, 2019. On this day, which was also the last day of Ramadan, the day before Eid, so the people were fasting. The people people were fasting and protesting. On this day, now watch the language that I use, because the language that I use matters. On this day, the government massacred the peaceful protesters. They tortured, they sexually assaulted, and they murdered the protesters. All because the protesters wanted democracy. When this was happening, the government shut down the internet in the whole country. Nobody could call anyone within the country or outside the country. Now these tactics used by governments are only used when they want to hide something. The government did this because they knew what they were doing was wrong. They knew that they were committing genocide. Why else would they want Sudan shut off from the world? They didn't want people to know what they were doing. But you know what? They were so careless. They were so careless because when this was going on, the Sudanese people in other countries had the backs of their people. Now this is where Blue for Sudan, also known as Blue for Matar, comes to play. So the hashtag Blue for Sudan was a social media movement. It was a social media movement that started in 2019 after June 3rd and started with the martyr Mohammed Hashim Matar. Mohammed Hashim Matar was the kindest and most pure-hearted person. He was one of the peaceful protesters of June 3rd. Now he had this specific shade of blue on all his social media platforms as his profiles. Now, you're going to have to search up the specific shade of blue because I can't really show it to you guys. This is just a podcast. This is just my voice. But after he was martyred, people put this specific shade of blue as their profiles in a way to honor him. And it soon began a movement for all the martyrs and for the whole of Sudan. It was blue for Motar, and then it became blue for Sudan because it's for the whole of Sudan. So even though the government tried keeping everyone in the dark about Sudan, even though they had a plan, God is truly the greatest of planners. Now after that, you'd think that the people of Sudan would stop protesting, but no. Their demands simply changed. Now they wanted justice for all the martyrs. Let's talk about the aftermath of June 3rd. To understand this, we need to understand who the men were that were working collectively within the government. Now these men were Kabashi, Hamati, Burhan, Yasser al-Ata, and Ibrahim Jabir. These were the men who played the most important roles that affected Sudan. Collectively, they all worked together to massacre the peaceful protesters of June 3rd. Now as mentioned before, this is when everything shifted and the demands of the people changed. The people wanted someone to take accountability. As all these men working within the government were silent regarding... Who was responsible so back then they had everything to say now they're silent or i don't know who did it odd is what i'm gonna say but in 2019 after june 3rd kabashi went on live news and basically confessed that him the people who worked in the government together and had collective power before it was split into two, Hemeti, Burhan, Yasar al Ibrahim Jabir and their dogs, the RSF and the SAF were responsible for June 3rd. Now on the news he confesses that they were responsible for June 3rd, however like expected it wasn't a fully truthful confession, but then again it's not like we expect a truthful confession from a murderer. Now in his statement he claims that they were trying to cleanse the road called Colombia. For those who don't know, the road Colombia is the road that was besides the area where the protests were taking place. He said that they were trying to cleanse that road because they assumed that it was full of drugs and dealers. Now honestly, when I first heard his statement, there was nothing to do but laugh because honestly guys, stupidity is real. It's real. After all of this, he says in Arabic, what happened has happened and we apologize. What happened has happened as in, it is what it is. Like yeah, people were murdered, my bad though, like it is what it is though. They were constantly feeding the people lies, expecting them to believe it. So this is why I ask, yeah, and have been asking since 2018. Where are international parties? Why is there a lack of action? If Sudan is in the Arab League, why are these wealthy Arab countries silent? Only thing they know how to do is fund the murder of thousands. What about the bordering African countries? What have they done besides make it difficult for Sudanese to enter their countries? Why do states pick and choose which international law to follow? One day, it's no, states can't kill their own citizens, what? Another day, it's yeah, whatever, let it be, because states have a right to sovereignty. That's not our business. And you know what? The sad truth is that these states only think that genocide, massacres, ethnic cleansing is their business when they know they can benefit out of it. That is the only time that they will ever care about lives being lost. If they can't benefit out of it, they're like, oh yeah, like, well, what can we do? That is the only time that they will ever care because people will only care about money and wealth and resources rather than actual lives being lost. And it's just history repeating itself over and over and over again. So fast forward to the 15th of April, 2023, which was also Ramadan. Please keep in mind that all these events are seeming to happen in Ramadan when the people are fasting. On this day, a civil war broke out in Sudan. And it's ironic, really, the two parties that overthrew the former government and massacred the people, they went against each other in a fight for power. So one day, your bestie, bestie, let's kill everyone together. Next day, it's, yeah, nah, we're turning against each other. Now, let me just make this clear that this civil war has nothing to do with the people. Because whenever I would personally talk about this to people, they would ask, okay, what side are the Sudanese people on though? And the answer is none. Both parties are evil, and any of them winning would be a great pain for the people of Sudan. The issue is that I've seen a lot of people, like a lot of Sudanese people on social media settling. They're like, you know what, okay, you know what, Burhan might not be that bad though. The martyrs lost their lives for you to settle and be like, you know what? Maybe Burhan isn't that bad or maybe Hamiti isn't that bad. Like, whichever one stays in power, the Sudanese people are still going to suffer. Now, let us also acknowledge that the civil war is not just two parties. Like I said, it's never, ever that simple. The West and some Middle Eastern countries, they're funding it because why would they care about innocent lives being taken when they're getting their money and they're getting their resources? So how can you help? Unfortunately, there's not that many ways to help. It's not like 2019 when there were a million ways to help. This is a completely different situation and we can only hope that the war ends soon as it's currently been going on for now, almost eight months. Eight whole months of millions of people being displaced, thousands being killed. Sudan now has one of the worst humanitarian issues. And I'm not understanding. Do we need to post people in Sudan being killed, tortured, and sexually assaulted so that others can speak on it? So that others can realize that something is going on in Sudan and the Sudanese people are struggling? It's crazy because people these days are so desensitized. They need visuals to acknowledge that there's things happening in countries, that there's people dying. They'll read about it and they will not care. But when they see it, that's when they start caring. Why do we need to post? Why do people in Sudan who are dying need to pull out their phones and be like, hi, I'm dying, help me? <sighs> what you can do, please amplify Sudani voices. Share posts, raise awareness and donate. I know donating is not that simple anymore because we don't know who to trust, but try your best to donate directly. Donate directly to people within Sudan. Like I mentioned earlier, Sudan isn't just a country going through it. When I tell you that Sudan is filled with love, I truly mean it. During the 2019 protests, the protesters would break their fast together. They'd wake each other up with singing. After June 3rd, the protesters would go around every single martyr's house and chant outside to the family of the martyrs, just to show the family that they stand in solidarity with them, reminding them that the blood of the martyrs did not go to waste that is Sudan and in those moments everyone was family and I wish I could explain it more but those are situations those are moments that you just you needed to have been there so you can truly understand the love that was there and the sad truth is that Sudan has no one Sudan has no one but the Sudanese people Now, all of a sudden, people are waking up and speaking on the injustices happening in the world, but silent when it comes to Sudan and silent when it comes to other African countries. So ending this podcast, I ask you, does a crime against humanity only exist when the victims are white and not African? That's all for the podcast. I might make a part two, but I'm going to end this podcast with a dua for Sudan. So everyone who's Muslim, please, please say ameen. اللهم احفظ بلادنا بلاد السودان اللهم جنبنا فيها الفتن ما ظهر منها وما بطن اللهم اجعل في بلادنا الأمن والأمان والسلم والإسلام برحمتك يا رحمة اللهم اقصد الأمن في ربوع بلادنا اللهم جنبنا كل الفتن ما ظهر منها وما بطن اللهم وحد كلمة أهل السودان على الحق اللهم وحد كلمتنا اللهم وحد كلمتنا اللهم اجمع صفنا اللهم من أرادنا وديننا وبلادنا بخير فأجر الخير على يديه ومن ارادنا بغير ذلك فاجعل الدائره عليه اللهم بدل عسرنا يسرا اللهم بدل عسرنا يسرا اللهم بدل عسرنا يسرا وهمنا فرجا وهمنا فرجا وهمنا فرجا برحمتك يا ارحم الراهن.